Yeah, are dog sweaters middle brow? Yeah, I think doing things because they're cute, like that's middle brow right there. Welcome, party people, to the Middle Brow Ombudsman's Report. Let's get after it. I am here with Kate Waldman. Hi, everybody. Kate Waldman is our ombudsman. The reason we have an ombudsman is because Middle Brow is a real dicey, kind of squishy concept. And we want to make sure we're sticking on the straight and narrow and providing enough content that's actually legitimately middle brow because probably you know pete and i lean more towards the highbrow end of things than the lowbrow end of things and we want to make sure we're providing content that rings true with our name and is consistent with our overall philosophy and our overall thesis statement which is that essentially middle brow is good so kate's going to provide us with some feedback to let us know how we're doing in this department kate's going to start by giving us an overall score for how Middlebrow we are being on our Culture Warrior podcast and some of the other offshoots that we're doing. And then she's going to have to support it with data. We're going to give her a handful of topics that we've discussed, and she's going to describe why they were Middlebrow or not. So, Kate, why don't we start with our overall score? How are we doing? Danny, you know this, but the rest of your listening audience doesn't know this. I work in like data and analytics. So generally speaking, when anybody asks me to like give them an answer to something, my response is like 17 more questions. So I'll say that I can't just straight up give you a score. I think, first of all, I want to acknowledge that I don't necessarily agree with your stated definition of what middle brow means. I also have made some discoveries since I started listening to the podcast, such as the fact that both you and Pete were philosophy majors. Mm. And I feel like that's a strike against us. philosophical minded types, um, that sort of discredits your middle brownness almost entirely. So at this point, I feel like you are not middle brow, but you are trying to adjust yourselves to talk about the things that feel like they would be middle brow to other people. Interesting. Well, let's start then with a definition of middle brow. Okay. And the one scholarly thing on middle brow is Virginia Woolf. And she has this like screed that she did at some reader or some, I don't know who she, she dashed off some letter and then famously didn't send it, but then published it in Harper's or something like that, where she He's just like, highbrow is fine, lowbrow is fine, middlebrow people are like the scum of the earth. They're just sheeple who are just doing whatever society tells them they should do and whatever they like what people say they should like. You read a book because it won the Pulitzer, right? That's her definition. I don't necessarily agree with that, but how would you define middlebrow? Okay, so I feel like referencing Virginia Woolf or Harper's, those kind of That's don't why we feel middle-brow. Yeah. I would say that maybe not the most modern, but a more modern way of putting it for me is things that are basic. You know how people call, mm, people mm-hmm, say like, you're mm-hmm, basic, that's mm-hmm. a basic bitch. You're, yeah. I feel like it's something that's basic. And so this is where my difference is like, uh, people aren't reading something because it won the Pulitzer Prize. That feels a little too highbrow. Mm. They're reading something because it was like on Reese Witherspoon's book club. Interesting. Or on Jenna Bush's book yeah. club. Or because it was on like Barack Obama's list of best books of the year. It's like people who do something, their motivation is not intrinsic. It's not like I want to read a good book and the Pulitzer Prize winners have been shown over time to be really high quality literature. Mm -hmm. It's like I I want to read this book because everybody seems to be reading it because it was recommended by somebody who has a really broad reach and engagement 
just in general society. So does it have to be mainstream? I would say in most cases, yes, except for when things that are not mainstream become in the zeitgeist because someone is talking about it. Mm -hmm. Like if in these instances where there's like a moon landing or something or like some special space event Mm -hmm. where there's a rover on Mars and like who gives a shit about all the work that goes into launching this thing. But as soon as it lands and it starts sending back pictures, everybody's like, oh, have you seen the pictures? from the lander or whatever yeah and i will also give you a disclaimer that i don't care about space i feel like i should i'm the sort of if i was just knew me as a friend i would think that i would care about space and also chess well fuck now we've got an ombudsman who doesn't care about space yeah where does that leave us i'm sorry like i have a lot of curiosity but only i'm only curious about the things that like (laughs) feel tangible to me i guess (laughs) it's my like my literal way of being but i think as ombudsman i'm here to be the fact checker and to keep you in line with Mm -hmm. what middle brow means but i think the the place where we're going to have a bit of a challenge is if i'm working with my definition of middle brow and you're working with your definition of middle brow, then my ombudsmanly duties are sort of never going to be fulfilled for you. Well, let's come up with a consensus definition because I tend to define it by example. You and I are friends because our kids are friends. Yeah. That to me feels very middle brow. That's true. It's just like a thing in life, you know? It's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, that's something people are doing. And Mm -hmm. there's sort of a difference between like culture or like art or music or whatever. Is that middle brow? That's almost one definition. Whereas, for example, here's an opportunity for you. So we did a fuck them on um, toothbrushes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. To me, that's very middle brow. Everybody brushes their teeth. That's true. I'm also a little bit of a contrarian, so my natural instinct is to be like, well, no, this is why you're wrong, Danny. That's why I also think I might be good at being a lawyer in my retirement. Or an ombudsman. (laughs) But no, I think you're right. I disagreed with the content of what you were saying. You think I'm brushing too hard? I know that you have had some dental problems throughout your life. Yes, and we have another dental fuck-em coming up in in the next culture warrior. My question is, why are you not using an electric toothbrush? Because I feel like I would wear it out too quickly. Like if I wear out regular toothbrushes really quickly. So you're saying you've never even tried one. You've dealt with all of your dental problems and you never once had a dentist say, hey, have you tried a Sonicare? That is correct. You might want to consider getting a new dentist because Sonicare is like... Oh, they've recommended it. I just haven't done it. Okay. I, um, of all the middle brow things that I'm like proud to say, yes, I agree with that. I think having a Sonicare toothbrush is, it's like one of my most treasured possessions. I love brushing my teeth. Okay, so toothbrush fuck them, middle brow or not? Sure. What I would be curious about is do other people have the same problems with toothbrushes that you have or is this just a Danny fuck them? It's probably just a Danny when like uh, actually you were there the other day when and I'm always learning new things that other people aren't thinking about that I am. Like, for example, when I learned yesterday that no one else likes buttered popcorn jelly bellies. Jelly bellies are middle brow. They are. Yeah. And well, here's a question, though. Were jelly bellies always middle brow? No, they they used to they used to be like a niche product. And it was like, have you tried this? And now it's just it's like a Snickers bar. But if you compare Snickers bar and jelly bellies, you think they're like equivalently middle brow? No, Snickers bar would be slightly more so. More Snickers bar maybe is lowbrow. Like a Hershey's milk chocolate bar is lowbrow. Lowbrow. That is lowbrow. Yeah. Oh, this would be a fun game to say, like, let's take all of the car brands or all of the candies. Right. Ferraro Rocher. Yeah. 
That's highbrow. Oh, I think that's pretty middle brow. You think it's middle brow? Yeah. I what never it, buy them. It's too fancy for me. Oh, I've had them. I think they're just not that great. And the packaging seems a little bit much to me. That's the thing is the packaging seems a little overdone. What about like the Lindor truffle chocolates? Those are, I think those are highbrow. But you can get them in like the, our shitty QFC. Yes. For six ninety nine for a bag of 30 or something. That yeah, feels... but I don't get them because it feels oh. like a little much. Like, oh, you're getting those. Like, is it is it Christmas or something? Like, is it some sort of special mm. occasion where you have to break out the extra packaging where it's like rolled <laughs> on both ends? Like, I know, But have you had them? Yeah, they're pretty good. They're so good. You like them a lot? I like them a lot, but I also, I don't like to keep things around that I like a lot because I have pretty good self-control, but occasionally I just, it just goes to shit. I got some Oreos the other day because I wanted to put them in my son's lunch. And those Oreos are like mostly gone because I just work in at home during the day. I was like, just I'll have a couple Oreos. Oreos. Are Oreos lowbrow or middlebrow? I think Oreos are middlebrow only because every brow is going to want to claim Oreos, mm. right? Nilla wafers are lowbrow. Mm-hmm. But Oreos, you can't say they're lowbrow because too many highbrow people like them. Yeah. You know? I was having this conversation with a couple of eight-year-olds the other day. Why is it that Chips Ahoy sucks so much? And Oreos, which are like in the same category of cookie, yeah. are so delicious. Yeah. And then we were like, it's because you can make homemade chocolate chip cookies and they're 10,000 times better than a yeah. Chips Ahoy cookie. Yeah. But who's making a homemade Oreo? No one. No one's ever done that. <laughs> yeah. Because why would you? It's already perfect. <laughs> That's true. But wouldn't that be fun to make a homemade Oreo? Well, let's dive into the content. I think this definition game is going to be a tricky one because it's such an amorphous concept. Yes. Let's do some case studies. Let's start with the first episode. So our Jeeves and Wooster segment, middle brow or not? Uh, not to me. So Jeeves and Wooster, I am familiar with PG. Do you say Woodhouse or Woodhouse? I don't even know. I say Woodhouse, but okay. I don't really know. I'm familiar with the fact that he is an author, but I feel like if you're reading books that were written more than 50 years ago, you've already taken a step away from being middlebrow. And books about England, like a further step away from sure. being middlebrow. So I also found that book itself, I haven't read it, but I feel like the fact that I haven't read it and I don't know about it, and I'm kind of like, I would consider myself a little bit of a snob. Yeah. Felt not middlebrow, but maybe it's, maybe I'm realizing well, that's that the I'm reason. lowbrow. That's the, re- that's the thing about this stuff, is it's not snobby. It's not a snobby book. Yeah. It's not a classic, despite the fact that I found it on a classic shelf. It's not like the Bronte sisters or something. Yeah. It's not even like Jane Austen, which is pretty light and fun. This is like a beach read. At the time it was put out, it was a definite beach read. I think it's a beach read today. So if you take something that was lowbrow when it came out, how long does it have to Mm. sit around before it becomes highbrow? Oh, and that's a good question. Like, does art mature in its browity? Right. I mean, time? obviously, to some degree, it does. Whatever was written in old English in Canterbury Tales and st- or whatever, it doesn't matter what its brow was at the time. That's now like a academic exercise yeah. to read that. And so it's a highbrow thing. I will say that I like to read. I read a fair amount for among the people I know. Just reading feels like it's not even middle brow anymore. Mm. Like most of the people I know, if they consume a book, it's usually an through an audio format, which is fine. I'd love to also get your thoughts on whether there's a difference between reading a book and listening to a book. Oh, we've got to fuck them on that. Oh, you do? Yeah. (laughs) I missed that one. I don't think it's been, I don't think it's out there yet. Okay. We did it in an original, like in our pilot episode, and then I I needed to get it back out there Mm -hmm. because actually I think it's in the most recent episode. So I feel like listening to books is the way that most people get their content. And that's like, because they're commuting or it's like convenient to them. I feel like 
like sitting down and choosing to read a book rather than looking at some sort of a screen is almost highbrow at this point. Yes. So let me throw this at you too. I met somebody at a bar. I was out with a friend and we ran into some of his friends and we talked to these people. And I mentioned, oh, we're doing this middlebrow multiverse thing. And I didn't know this person. She didn't know the first thing about me. And she was like, ah, you know what I think of when I think of middlebrow? The Economist. That's, that's insane to me. Well, I was surprised. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? I read The Economist like cover to cover every week. And that's where I get a lot of like these topics from. Mm. And I think there's a, you know, a little bit of a value add from taking something long and difficult to read and being like, well, here's the one interesting thing from mm-hmm. this week's issue. Like I, I want, you know, Pete to do that for The New Yorker and just show up and be like, okay, I read The New Yorker cover to cover and here's the takeaway for this you can't really do that with the new yorker though because it's like so varied in its content well but you just pick one thing that's like here's my favorite thing from this week's new yorker you know what i'm saying yeah i want to know that because i'm not going to read the new yorker it's really good well i'm sure it is so (laughs) the economist but anyway i think you would say the economist is highbrow yeah i don't disagree with that but reasonable people may disagree also i think a lot about who do we choose to associate ourselves with like are we in touch with your average person in seattle or in in the country for me the answer is like not really the people no. I work with have all gone to like good colleges a lot of them have gone to graduate school we all work for sort of like a fancy company yeah so no none of us are middle brow just right. by nature of like what we do for our jobs and knowing what I know about you I feel like the people you surround yourself with are also not of the people mm-hmm. you're not are you do you consider yourself to be a man of the people no <laughs> I'm a man for the people, but not of the people. No, I don't. I just, I don't. And I'd love to be a man of the people. But if I were to, for example, run for public office and my platform was based on like my actual thoughts and feelings, people would be like, who the fuck is this guy? Mm -hmm. It makes no sense. I don't understand anything he's talking about. A coworker of mine said that I didn't understand people in general because of like one simple key measure, which I fundamentally disagree with because I failed it. But I want to ask you, have you ever gone inside of a trailer, like a trailer home, single wide, double wide? Like an actual trailer, like with wheels on it. No, it doesn't have to have wheels. Well, the, but like the there's ones a wheel like, well, at least. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I've never been in one, so Cause I've I been don't in, know. I've been in double wides, that was, but this double wide was like a house. Yeah, that's. I think that counts. Well, but, uh, but like an actual trailer. But if you go to like a trailer park, I don't think those trailers usually move out of the park, right? They just no. They, yeah, they don't have to like have yeah. wheels. That's not the point. But they're they're usually. Yeah, I guess they don't always have wheels. Sometimes it's just like a box. Yeah. Have I actually been in one that somebody lived in? The answer is no. I've seen it on TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I know what it is. Yeah. I just haven't had an opportunity. But she said that excludes me from ever thinking that I know what people's lives are like. Yeah. Okay. So maybe we're maybe what we're looking at here is stuff that's middle brow for essentially left coast America, mm. for like late stage Gen X, early ish millennials <laughs> with a college coastal degree. Elites. Yeah, that's what it is. It's mm-hmm. middle brow for coastal elites. Okay. Maybe that's what we're really dealing with. Okay. All right. I could get on board with that. Yeah, because your Fox News set are not listening to this and being like, this totally speaks to me. Yeah. (laughs) But anybody with multiple college degrees is going to be like, well, this is kind of a guilty pleasure. I'm not doing work. Yeah. It's not like I'm reading the latest treatise on Foucault or whatever the fuck. I don't know. But like, it's not that kind of thing where people are like, oh, God, the idea is to be pretty listenable Mm -hmm. to 
essentially coastal elites with multiple college degrees. So that maybe that's why I like it so much. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. So Android iPhone, that was another thing in our first episode. Yes. Did we hit the mark on that or, or did we miss it? I think you hit the mark on that one. That's also a topic that's very close to my heart because I am an Android user, as you know. I didn't know Android users had hearts. Yeah, I know. I know. This is, for me, one of the most fascinating cultural divides that exists in the United States mm. currently. Because I also am from New York and lived in Boston for a long time and the people in Boston fucking hate New York because of sports oh yeah and I always thought like New York doesn't give a shit about you Boston no, it doesn't. Boston why do you care so much about New York and I sort of feel the same it's a little bit holier than now so I'm not real proud of it but like I feel on the same high horse about Android and iPhone iPhone users are always like who's the Android user in the group chat I can't put a fucking icon in the group chat well we can edit our texts that is the one thing that I think is better about iPhones otherwise but not if there's, there's an Android person on no editing allowed they're the same thing. And any functionality that is impossible to do when there's an Android user involved is a decision that Apple made. Absolutely. And I is. know you agree with that, but I feel like iPhone users get so high and mighty about like, oh, who's the Android user? Like we're trying to like rat out the mole in the in the government. <laughs> and I just don't appreciate it. I also don't want to protest too much because then it makes it seem like I really care a lot. Yeah, and I like don't. you're like you're Boston or something. Exactly. So you're thinking in this analogy. Android users are New York. Android users are more New York in that they don't really give a shit about iPhone users. Yeah, but iPhone yeah. users care a great deal about Android users yeah. because we're fucking it up for you. Yeah, yeah. And that's 100% driven by Apple. There's no question. Yeah. This is like a sneaky marketing campaign that some losers like with a PowerPoint in some <laughs> high office building were like, what about this? And they were like, I like it. That works really well for us, you know. And that's 100% on Apple. And I have to say that like it worked really well. Yeah. There, it's 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 really incredible to me how many iPhone users like have such disdain for me because of my mm -hmm. choice of smartphone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think appreciating that there's going to be better interoperability between the two operating God. systems this is is, so is very basic. Yeah. And I really appreciated that as an okay. as an Android user and I found it to be very relatable. Okay, taking horses to the dump. Mhm. Mm how do we do on that one? And that's a, yeah, interestingly one of our, I thought, one of our better segments, but it's one that um, that episode doesn't get a lot of download because we can track all the stats and what yeah. have you. And it seems like not very many people have listened to that episode, but taking horses to the dump is middle brow, low brow, high brow. Where'd we land on that one? Okay. So I'm wondering if I think taking a horse to the dump is in the title of the episode. Yeah. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like it could be a little bit of a turnoff for someone who might maybe a horse lover or something. Yeah. Um, I thought that was that was right on. Nice and middle brow because middle brow. it's kind of like actually taking a horse to the dump seems pretty trashy to me. Sure. Like that's what someone would do if they were, you know, in Appalachia or something. Mm -hmm. But then the like the the sort of intellectual conversation that surrounded it was really engaging. I found myself thinking like you can absolutely take a horse to the dump mm -hmm. and then Googling can you take a horse to the dump? So I thought that the way that it was pulled me right in felt very middle brow and very much like anybody would enjoy listening to that. Okay. That's one where we hit the mark. How about the guy jumping over the lectern? The guy jumping over the lectern I think is maybe the most middle brow thing that has come out of this podcast because it's turned into a meme anything yeah. that's now memeable oh it's is... turned into a meme oh yeah as it should yeah that was incredible yeah yeah and if you ask most people i think they would say like i have no idea what the context surrounding that was i just know that some guy jumped over the lectern <gasps> of a judge 
<laughs> and God. that's my like that's as much as I know about it, pretty much. And you know, we sort we were sort of down on that guy because that seems like kind of a bad decision to make, and you're gonna screw up the rest of your life for that. But at the same time, he was an absolute nobody, and now he's a national hero. Mm-hmm. And he did something that no one else has ever done, just unparalleled athleticism, just leaping over something that no one would ever imagine could or would be left over. Okay, so you know what has just occurred to me? You know how there was that guy who, I don't know what he did, but his mugshot became very famous because he was incredibly handsome? Mm -hmm. Now he's like a big model. (laughs) So I feel like there is something good that can come out of a really bad decision. Like, I don't know if that guy's made a terrible decision that got him arrested, that got his mugshot on the Mm -hmm. internet. Mm Mm-hmm. Presumably, he didn't make a great decision if he mm-hmm. got arrested. But yeah, maybe this guy is going to be recruited to like a, some sort of sports team now. <laughs> Absolutely. <clears throat> well, you never know. A prison sports team because he's going to be locked away for quite some time. But okay. when he gets out. Let me ask you a question, Danny. Yeah. As a lawyer, yeah. what's the crime? Assault. Didn't he, he missed the judge though, right? No, he got her. Oh, he did? Even it, Assault doesn't require contact. Either. It doesn't? No. Uh-huh. I thought that would just be attempted assault. Then. That would be assault. Oh. Different degrees of assault, but when you're going after a judicial officer, mm. the years stack up pretty quick. Okay. The minimum sentences for that are, are probably quite high. Now, prisons don't have intramural teams, do they? They do. They well, do? I don't know about intramural. I don't know they play other prisons. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Why not? That seems like a place where they could make even more money with the, the industrial prison complex. I think you're right about that. And I think that they could really easily, they could televise that. Yeah. And people would watch it, like on ESPN Ocho or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, that would be huge. That would be really interesting. That would be modern day, like, gladiator battles, right? Yeah. Except they're not actually gladiators. Like, you could be a a big, just a total schlub in prison. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, how about the body parts scandal? I loved the body part scandal, very middle brow, because it was rooted in, I don't know how you found out about it, but the thing that you referenced was a news story that was like a local news story for where that super crazy looking guy got arrested. Jeremy Polly. Mm-hmm. And you Googled him, which is the right thing to do. If you've watched that episode and you haven't Googled Jeremy Polly, you need to do it and you need to find the picture that really shows it. He's got like spikes in his head. He looks frightening. And you know what I found from like the maybe fifth Google search down was his website where oh he's God. like, I love to buy and sell body parts. Okay. And here's how you can contact me. And it's all very out in the open, which I thought was interesting because clearly something about it is illegal. Well, in certain states, it's illegal. But trafficking in stolen body parts, I believe, is probably illegal. Oh, okay. And I think it was he was charged federally, I think. So I think it's like over state lines kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he did it in some state where it was illegal or something like that. But he's got like a very professional website also, mm-hmm. which you might want to check out after, after the show. Maybe I will. Mm-hmm. Okay, how about the statistics where we talked about 30% of Americans think Trump was ordained by God, people think the Holocaust is a myth, and I can't remember the other one. Yeah, that stuff is middle brow because it's, well, I had my maybe more highbrow questions about like, what's the source of that? Was it a representative sample of people? Was it just some random 10 millennials that they asked, is the Holocaust real or not? Mm-hmm. So I wanted to know a little bit more. Because you're a statistician, essentially? Um, yeah, <laughs> or a data because like, I, I care about that kind of thing. <laughs> you want the crosstabs? People use statistics a lot. 
And statistics can be very largely fudged. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the pro and the con of mm -hmm. data mm -hmm. is that if you're responsible with it, it can be very powerful mm -hmm. and uh, meaningful. And if you're irresponsible with it, it can be completely misleading. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, was that like a Fox News poll? What was the source of it? I want to know a little bit about the methodology, but mm -hmm. I was just like operating on the assumption that it was representative sample of people so that we could say that this truly represents the United States population. Middle brow, but like so disappointing. I was not as disappointed in the 30% of Americans think that Trump is ordained by God. That wasn't as, I mean, neither of them were that surprising to me, mm -hmm. which is just Oh, sad. the other one was um, the percentage of people that think our government is run by Satan worshiping oh, pedophiles. Yeah. And it was like, I don't know, 20% or something, really high. That's a fun one because the other day I was talking to my eight-year-old son about Marjorie Taylor Greene, and I was like, she's crazy. She's batshit crazy. Mm -hmm. And he said, like, what does she say? And so then I want I wanted to get it right, so I Googled, like, what are some of the things she said? And I was like, oh, well, she said that the, like, California fires were started by a laser beam that was set off by some, like, Jewish banking family. Oh, my and God. An, an the Rothschilds or something. Yeah, an eight-year-old kid was like, that makes no sense at all. How could anybody believe believe that. I've also watched just like an, an HBO miniseries about QAnon that I watched part of. Mm. It's so surprising to me that anybody could believe that, but I've seen the story of people believing batshit crazy things mm. for years so that I'm not like that shocked by it anymore. Mm. Mm -hmm. As a Jewish person, the fact that so many people think the Holocaust wasn't real is just a horrifying thing mm. to know. But you know, this is what happens when we, uh, when we make education something that is a bad word and only for elite people. Right. So highbrow, middlebrow, lowbrow. The oh. I've got I've gone away from the from the topic at hand. I tend to do that. Um, yeah, middle brow, very middle brow. All right, and then the big one is the Pulitzer winners, the Oscar winners, and the Grammy winners. Are mm -hmm. we dealing with something? Because and this is a fairly sort of specific category that almost lends itself well to definition. Because to me, by definition, well, I shouldn't say anything because then you're going to disagree with me. <laughs> Pulitzer's, Oscars, Grammys, middle brow, high brow, low brow. Okay, I think that Pulitzer winners are in a different category than Oscar and Grammy winners because, as I said, like I don't think the general American person, like a member of the general population, is reading. Yep. I think everybody is watching movies and listening to music. Mm -hmm. because we've made it so easy to stream and to stream movies and music and because it's like a good distraction and it doesn't require a lot of like brain work. Mm -hmm. So I think Pulitzer's highbrow, Oscars and Grammys middlebrow. Okay. Since I'm a lawyer, I've sort of walked you down mm -hmm. the primrose path here and given you what, seven or eight examples of segments, all of which have been dead center middlebrow. Now, now, now give us a score. Objection. <laughs> Leading the witness. <laughs> I did like a mock trials thing when I was in third or fourth grade where I got like bussed off to a community college in another state. Mm -hmm. And I was the judge for one of the mock trials and I couldn't remember the word for overruled. Oh, so so you just sustained every objection? Every single objection, I was like sustained. And, and, <laughs> and it was a bunch of, you know, like nine-year-olds. So there were teachers or coaches and they never took me aside and said like, maybe you have forgotten the yeah. word for overruled. So yeah, I will say that based on those examples, you've set it up so that I need to give a very high middle Indeed. brow well, score. Well, let's, let's give you an example to provide some alternative facts, as it were. Mm. So in what instances did we get it wrong? What was too high brow? One thing where I disagreed with you, I think you said that EDM is like Gen oh, Z's... Uh, smooth jazz. Smooth jazz. Yeah, a Pete take. 
Yeah, and I I just I disagree with that because I think neither of you had heard of lo-fi, which is like absolutely what Gen Z smooth jazz is. Lo-fi is Gen Z smooth jazz, and yeah. I think Pete said EDM is millennial smooth jazz. Yeah, I would say like maybe the same population that you described earlier, elder millennial, younger Gen X. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we also have to discuss the carbonated water topic. Yeah. So yeah. I'm getting on to things that are like not necessarily the prime topics that you discuss in the podcast, but just some of the offhand conversations that happen. Yeah. As you know, I am a an addict to carbonated water. I've had a soda stream for many years and I used it for a while. Then once they started making all the canned ones that were popular, I stopped using the soda stream. I'm also very frugal. So I was like, why am I doing this to myself when I mm-hmm. can just make my own? But mm-hmm. then I thought, of course, the solution is not just start using the soda stream I already have, but get a new <laughs> beverage carbonator. Right. Because the reason you I'm not using... Soda stream? Oh yeah, I still have it. Oh, it's okay. in the drawer. <laughs> The soda stream can only carbonate water and the new ones can carbonate things that aren't water. And that to me was a reason like I got to get a new one, even though all I drink is carbonated water with flavor in it. And I was thinking about this actually earlier today because I had both an already opened can of carbonated water and some water that I had recently carbonated. And I was kept going for the can. Mm-hmm. Because there's something, I don't know what it is. It's just more satisfying about drinking out of a can. And I don't know if that's true of other things. I've never had like a can of flat water. No. Some friends and I, maybe three or four years ago, we did a blind taste test of lime sparkling waters. Mm-hmm. And the one that won was Soda Stream with lime. Soda Stream, carbonated water, squeeze a little lime in there, first place. Over like 12 other lime carbonated waters. Because mm. I did that. That was my first test of my new drink mate beverage carbonator Mm -hmm. and i was like i don't know it's okay but i Mm. still would prefer i think what it comes down to for me at least is just i'm lazy i don't want to squeeze a lime and i don't want to have to get a new co2 tank to put into the thing Mm. when i first got it i was like oh this is great and then the little tiny co2 thing that it came with i used it up in like 10 minutes Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden i was like i gotta go find a new co2 replacement service and i can just go down to bartels which is not very difficult but it requires a little bit more work on my part. A little bit more work. And it's like classic. We all want to do things to help the planet, but not like that. <laughs> oh, that was another thing about helping the planet. I'm not operating under any delusions that anything I can do is going to help the planet. Mm-hmm. We had some guy, some like researcher from like Belgium or something come into my office a few years ago. And he was like, use all of the tote bags you want. Recycle all of your stuff. It does not make a difference because we're still flying everywhere Mm -hmm. and there's still cargo ships transporting things back and forth. Mm -hmm. And there's still factories in China spitting out tons of emissions. For me, I like I don't have any I don't feel any guilt about drinking soda out of a can. Mm hmm. Especially Mm -hmm. because it's so easy to recycle those cans. Mm -hmm. And I think they actually do get recycled on like most of the other stuff that we put in recycling. Mm -hmm. Oh, the other thing that I didn't agree with, but this is maybe just revealing my highbrowism, was airline. Air travel. Your your fuckums to air travel. I personally love air travel, but I also spend a lot of time trying to get elevated status and access to things that Mm -hmm. make air travel more enjoyable. Mm -hmm. So, for example, you know, like my credit card gives me TSA pre-check. I have a different credit card that gives me clear that same different credit card gives me access to different lounges hold on your credit card gives you tsa pre-check how much do you pay for this credit card because you can actually just get tsa pre-check without the credit card i know but you have to pay for it it's like 80 bucks yeah every five years 
Yeah. I get it for free. Yeah, well, how much do you savings. pay for the credit card? Uh, $95 a year. Well, there you go. But there are other benefits. Okay. All right. There are lots of other benefits. <laughs> we can have uh, we can have a whole segment on credit card points. So there's a lot of commercials and billboards and what have you about, especially at the airport, about people who are like having a better vacation because they have a certain credit card. Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, who are these people? You are these people. I is these, they was the people, yeah. You is the people. I is the people. <laughs> I am a person of the people. Okay. All right. <laughs> But, you know, I'm not having a better vacation, I don't think. No? Well, I mean a slightly better vacation because, for example, I'm traveling tomorrow with my son and some of his friend, or his friend and, and her family are traveling at the same time. And they were like, oh, we can, like, hang out and have lunch at the airport. <laughs> and you're like, And I no. said, uh, we'll be in the lounge, we'll so. We'll be in the lounge. No. Yeah. <laughs> and she's, she's, the mom said, like, can we get in the lounge? And I was like, yeah, for, like, $160, sure. <laughs> so, you know, there's just some nice things about not having to, having a place to sit all the time, having some food and mm-hmm. drinks and having to be free. Because I did go into the airport and uh, one time before a flight when I did not have lounge privileges. I was like, you know what? I'm going to get a glass of wine before my flight. Mm -hmm. So I go to the bar and order a glass of wine. And it's like $25. In the lounge? No. This was before I had lounge lounge privileges. And I was like, you know, you travel a couple times a year and get a glass of wine. That that shit pays for itself, that lounge access. Is is the wine free in the lounge? Yeah. It's free in the lounge. The wine. Wine, beer, cocktails, soda. There's a buffet of food. I've never been in an airport lounge. I've never stepped foot in an airport lounge. Okay, so the airport lounge in Amsterdam, I used to travel for work a lot and fly through Amsterdam and spent like hours upon hours in Amsterdam. They have self-serve alcohol dispensaries. You can just walk up to it and be like, I will take a 16 ounce glass of whiskey Wow! and just take it and walk over to your seat. In Oregon, they won't even let you pump your own gas without an attendant. (laughs) In Amsterdam, you can go in the airport lounge and get free booze with no attendant, no bartender whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Incredible. Mm -hmm. So with our slightly recalibrated definition, which is middle brow for coastal elites, mm-hmm. essentially, things that all people can relate to and nobody rolls their eyes at or turns up their nose at, um, what's our score? I think I have elevated you since we changed that definition. So I'm going to give you like a, like an 85%. That's pretty like good. Like a solid B. That's pretty good. I think you're still shooting a little too high on some things, yeah. but I don't think you're you're not shooting too low. Yeah. You're either spot on or slightly high. And this is probably going to be the best score that we get. <laughs> we'll see. You think you're going to get more highbrow over time or more off the mark of middlebrow over time? I do. Okay. I do. I think we both, te- you know, philosophy majors from rainy Seattle to sort of trend highbrow. And, and most of the books that I read, if I'm not reading... Pulitzer winning fiction would be categorized more as highbrow. No, I mean, I thought like when talking about Woodhouse, the conversation veered into infinite jest. Yeah. And I should probably just stop mentioning infinite jest altogether. It's hard. It just seems so. I haven't read infinite jest. I have no desire to read it because it looks like it's very long and people say it's difficult to get through. It's so far from being difficult. Is it just really long? Yeah, it's just really long. Incorporating reading David Foster Wallace into a conversation about reading things that are middle brow felt felt very, very, uh, very far from middle brow. Yeah. Maybe we need a um, a real time middle brow, (laughs) like a sound effect that gets played if, if somebody 
somebody references something too highbrow or starts to veer into philosophy. We've done that a little bit by cabining a lot of the abstract discussions into the navel gazer formulation. I do think that if you added some sort of like morning radio shock jock sound effects, that would bring this podcast to a much more middle brow. Type well, we do area. it in the, we do it in the icons franchise. We've oh. got some some sound effects in that one, but yeah, maybe something like a you know a siren or something that or or like a something that demonstrates your approbation when we veer into the highbrow. <laughs> Get it together, boys, or something like that. Oh, I like that. Yeah. We'll have to do a separate recording session where I just do like a thousand takes of get it together, boys. Okay, so thanks everyone for listening to the Middlebrow Ombudsman's Report. I'm Danny Kelly Stallings. I'm Kate Waldman. And until next time, stay Middlebrow out there, friends. Hey, thanks for listening to the Middlebrow Multiverse. If you'd like to join our army of subscribers, you can do so at patreon.com slash middlebrowmultiverse. There's a free option or a paid option that gives you access to bonus episodes that you might enjoy.